We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Heineken. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken here on 1500 ESPN. Joined with us this week via phone, Adrian Heath. Adrian, where we left off last segment, we talked about the game against Montreal. Big win. We talked about Miguel Abar. We talked about Rasmus Schuller. All good things. Everything's good this week. We got a tough matchup against Sporting Kansas City. Away at Sporting Kansas City this week. We'll get to that in a little bit. You've got some new new competition in town starting in 2019. Major League yeah. Soccer today made the announcement just just shy of two hours ago that FC Cincinnati will be making the leap from USL to Major League Soccer starting in 2019. Exciting news, big news in, uh, in MLS today. Yeah, it's fantastic for the, for the people of Cincinnati. You know, I'm really, really pleased for the supporters because they've been a real success story. You know, you look at the crowds they've been getting there, Jamie, I think they're the a 30,000 crowd for one of the Open Cup games when they had that great run last year. And I, I, I always think about the people who maybe have been in there from the beginning and people who it's always been a dream of going to the MLS and, you know, you turn on the MLS website every day thinking there's going to be any news. And I, I think about them today. I, you know, I've even been through in Orlando and even, you know, less than 18 months ago doing it here. It's it's such an exciting, you know, thing that happens to you that you've got something that you you probably never thought you were going to have. I know when, when we're in Orlando, some of them supporters only dreamed of having their own the team that they can go and watch every single week, like they used to do when maybe they were back home. So it's uh, it's a great day for them. Um, I think they're going to be a great addition to the league. Um, I think that you know the stadium looks as though it's going to be first class. It doesn't look like there's ever going to be a problem selling it out. So. I think it's just another one of them markets like ourselves, like Orlando have been. These new markets that have come in, I think have maybe shaken one or two of the old established clubs up a little bit because they're the forerunners now. These are the people who are actually driving the league on. So it's a, it's a great day for the league and even more so, obviously, for FC Cincinnati. Yeah, exciting news. And like you said, I think the, the big comparison you'll probably hear most likely when you talk about FC Cincinnati is between two clubs that you're very familiar with. One, Orlando City, because of the support in the city and how prominent FC Cincinnati has been to the community, much like Orlando was. But then two, they'll draw comparisons to Minnesota United because there's a very quick turnaround from when they're getting announced to when they will launch in Major League Soccer at the beginning of 2019. Now, having been in the unique situation where you've now been with two teams as they've made their jump, to Major League Soccer, and both teams that I think have a comparison to the situation that FC Cincinnati finds itself in now. Walk us through what it was like being Adrian Heath, the head coach of both of those clubs as they made the jump, because I know this is a story that is always ever-evolving, and, and as more time passes, you're able to see that in hindsight, and it's a little bit more clearer as to what maybe you thought was going to happen to what really did happen. But from your experience, the Orlando one and Minnesota United, what did you learn about making the jump to Major League Soccer with a team from a, a league below? Well, I think that the, the first thing for me was the fact that at, at Orlando, I was already in situ. I'd, I'd already been told that I was going to be the coach. I'd had three or four years where we'd been really successful. You know, we were getting good crowds. So we were a little bit further down the road in terms of, 
you know, what we were going to expect. I could, I could actually map out a little bit clearer than we could here in Minnesota because I, I didn't get the job in Minnesota until I think it was December the 1st. So we, 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 I think we got two players um, officially signed by then. So suddenly now you're racing against the clock. And, you know, if that was, that's the hardest part. Because bringing in players, take, people coming to the MLS, bringing players here is not a, not a problem. There's a, there's a lot of players around the world who want to come and play in America. The problem is being, picking the right ones and making sure that they're going to be good fits. Now, if you're going to bring 25, 26 players in, like we had to do, if you get 50% of them right, you're doing okay. But that doesn't give you an awful lot of players to work with. And, you know, that was the most difficult part. And what I would think is that FC Cincinnati are probably a little bit like the more like the Orlando model, where they will have been working behind the scenes, thinking that if this comes, what are we going to do? Who are we going to bring in? They'll certainly know how much money they're going to have to spend. Are they going to go and get DPs from the offset? Or, you know, do they need to spend money on their training facility or their brand new stadium? You know, everybody's situation is a little bit different. And the financial model for each club is different. So, I, obviously, I'm not I'm, I'm not privy to uh, where they are. FC Cincinnati will have a better idea maybe next week after we go there in the Open Cup when you speak to people. But uh, all I know is that they'll be uh, they'll be excited today and wake up in the morning with a completely new attitude because you know it's been confirmed. Because you, until you actually get it rubber stamped, Jamie, you hear about it, but you never you never quite want to believe it, and then. From now, they know they're coming. So they got, they've got an hell of a lot of work on. You know, they'll have to so much stuff that they think will be, they'll have time to do. And before you know where you are, it's around the corner, it's right upon you. So, you know, hopefully they've been doing some long-term planning um, over the last two or three months, four or five months, really, that they, they know where they're going to go with it. Well, and, and you said they'll wake up with a whole new reality tomorrow. And I imagine there'll be a heck of a party in Cincinnati. They might wake up with a heck of a hangover as well, too, because I'm sure that is a uh, a city that is full of celebrations tonight. That's Adrian Heath on the line. He is calling in tonight. This is the Adrian Heath Show. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. We appreciate you listening in. And Adrian, as we kind of dive a little bit deeper into to maybe Cincinnati and, and expansion with MLS, I commentated on a game during one of our bye weeks earlier in this year between Cincinnati and Louisville back on April 7th. For context, what you said about the support, 25,667 people in attendance that, that night. They just played yeah. again on the 26th against Louisville, 26,495,000 people at Nippert Stadium. So this is going to be an incredible atmosphere to go in and play. And one that you mentioned just a moment ago, your team will see FC Cincinnati in the Open Cup. What do you expect from that game? The Open Cup is now starting to... Uh, include MLS play uh, as the MLS teams mm-hmm. are now introduced into the fourth round of the tournament. Um, how are you feeling about the Open Cup as as Minnesota United gets set to enter the competition? Well, you know what? It, I would never ever um, take it lightly. But the, the bottom line is that we, you know, we've got the league table, we've got the league schedule to to look at and decide whether we what we think is most important. We know it's going to be really tough. I know what it's like. I, you know, I was the coach of a USL team that did really well in the Open Cup for like three or four years on the trot. It took some big scalps along the way. And the, the most important thing from, from my point of view is no matter what team I put out on Wednesday, 
they will have to be ready because I know they will be ready. And as you say, the crowd's probably going to be, I would think, up with the 20,000. So it's going to be a, an incredible atmosphere. They had a great cup run last year. I, think, did they, I don't know. Did they go to the final? I think they did against New York Red Bulls. I think they got to the, did they get to the final or was it the semifinal? Did they get to the semifinal and lost in penalties to Red Bulls? But yeah, it was an incredible, incredible cup run, incredible story, and put them on the map. I think that might have been one of the things that tipped it over the, over the, the line for them with MLS. So this competition, they've got a lot of good memories for it, but we'll be ready for it. Obviously, we've got a big game for us uh, on Sunday in uh, Kansas, one that we're really looking forward to. Uh, but, you know, we'll take all the players we've got available because obviously a few won't be available. And then we'll we'll see where we are, but we'll certainly give it the respect that it deserves. And and I will say this, one last one before we go to break here. Does it change the fact that MLS will be on a two-week break? The game against Sporting Kansas City, away at Sporting Kansas City, league game, very important on Sunday. But then the turnaround to the Open Cup on Wednesday does the fact that there's two weeks off after the game against Sporting Kansas City and then you put in the Open Cup game shortly thereafter without there being a game following quickly at the weekend, does that change your mindset on lineup decision? Yeah, it will. It will do. And um, I think that if we had a game on the Saturday, almost certainly we would have changed most of the team around. Um, but it just gives them an opportunity now because, as you say, we've got a break after this game, so... Hopefully we can uh, come through the, the Sunday game pretty much unscathed. Everybody's fit and healthy. And then we'll make the decision what we do with the team for the for the Wednesday night game. But uh, had it been a different situation, like you said, Jamie, then maybe we would have made more changes. So we'll see. We'll see how we are after that game. All right, that'll be an interesting one to follow up with. So when we come back, we're going to talk Champions League happened, U.S. Men's National Team happened, uh, Howard Webb. Was at the game this weekend. We might talk a little yeah. bit of the video review and talk a little bit about the video assistant referee VAR, as people like to talk about. And also, with Captain Calvo gone to the World Cup, a question about the captaincy. You want to hear what Adrian Heath says? Stick around after the break. It's Manny Hill in the booth. Adrian Heath on the line. I'm Jamie Watson. This is the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken right here on 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show. On 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. Heineken. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken here on 1500 ESPN. Joined with us this week via phone, Adrian Heath. Adrian, where we left off last segment, we talked about the game against Montreal. Big win. We talked about Miguel Abar. We talked about Rasmus Schuller. All good things. Everything's good this week. We got a tough matchup against Sporting Kansas City away at Sporting Kansas City this week. We'll get to that in a little bit. You've got some new new competition in town starting in 2019. Major League yeah. Soccer today made the announcement just just shy of 2 hours ago that FC Cincinnati will be making the leap from USL to Major League Soccer starting in 2019. Exciting news, big news in uh, in MLS today. Yeah, it's fantastic for the for the people of Cincinnati. You know, I'm really, really pleased for the supporters because they've been a real success story. You know, you look at the crowds they've been getting there, Jamie. I think they had a, a 30,000 crowd for one of the Open Cup games when they had that great run last year. And I, I, I always think about the people who maybe have been in there from the beginning and people who've 
it's always been a dream of going to the MLS and, you know, you turn on the MLS website every day thinking there's going to be any news. And I, I think about them today. I, you know, I've been through in Orlando and even, you know, less than 18 months ago doing it here. It's, it's such an exciting, you know, thing that happens to you that you've got something that you, you probably never thought you were going to have. I know when, when we're in Orlando, some of them supporters only dreamed of having their own the team that they can go and watch every single week like they used to do when maybe they were back home. So it's, uh, it's a great day for them. Um, I think they're going to be a great addition to the league. Um, I think that, you know, the stadium looks as though it's going to be first class. It doesn't look like there's ever going to be a problem selling it out. So I think it's just another one of them markets like ourselves, like Orlando have been. These new markets that have come in, I think maybe shaking one or two of the old established clubs up a little bit because they're the forerunners now. These are the people who are actually driving the league on. So it's a, it's a great day for the league and even more so, obviously, for FC Cincinnati. Yeah, it's exciting news. And like you said, I think the, the big comparison you'll probably hear most likely when you talk about FC Cincinnati is between two clubs that you're very familiar with. One, Orlando City, because of the support in the city and how prominent... FC Cincinnati has been to the community, much like Orlando was. But then, two, they'll draw comparisons to Minnesota United because there's a very quick turnaround from when they're getting announced to when they will launch in Major League Soccer at the beginning of 2019. Now, having been in the unique situation where you've now been with two teams as they've made their jump to Major League Soccer, and both teams that I think have a comparison to the situation that FC Cincinnati finds itself in now, Walk us through what it was like being Adrian Heath, the head coach of both of those clubs as they made the jump. Because I know this is a story that is always ever evolving. And and as more time passes, you're able to see that in hindsight. And it's a little bit more clear as to what maybe you thought was going to happen to what really did happen. But Mm -hmm. from your experience, the Orlando one and Minnesota United, what did you learn about making the jump to Major League Soccer with a team from a, a league below? Well, I think that the first thing for me was the fact that at Orlando, I was already in situ. I'd, I'd already been told that I was going to be the coach. I'd had three or four years where we'd been really successful. You know, we were getting good crowds. So we were a little bit further down the road in terms of, you know, what we were going to expect. I could, I could actually map out a little bit clearer than we could here in Minnesota because I, I didn't get the job in Minnesota until I think it was December the 1st. So we, we, I think we got two players. Um, officially signed by then. So suddenly now you're racing against the clock. And, you know, if that was, that's the hardest part. Because bringing in players, take, people coming to the MLS, bringing players here is not a, not a problem. There's a, there's a lot of players around the world who want to come and play in America. The problem is being, picking the right ones and making sure that they're going to be good fits. Now, if you're going to bring 25, 26 players in, like we had to do, if you get 50% of them right, you're doing okay. But that doesn't give you an awful lot of players to work with. And, you know, that was the most difficult part. And what I would think is that FC Cincinnati are probably a little bit like the more like the Orlando model, where they will have been working behind the scenes, thinking that if this comes, what are we going to do? Who are we going to bring in? They'll certainly know how much money they're going to have to spend. Are they going to go and get DPs from the offset? Or, you know, do they need to spend money on their training facility or their brand new stadium? You know, everybody's situation is a little bit different. 
and the financial model for each club is different. So, I, obviously, I'm not I'm, I'm not privy to uh, where they are. FC Cincinnati will have a better idea maybe next week after we go there in the Open Cup when you speak to people. But uh, all I know is that they'll be uh, they'll be excited today and wake up in the morning with a completely new attitude because you know it's been confirmed. Because you, until you actually get it rubber stamped, Jamie, you hear about it, but you never you never quite want to believe it, and then. From now, they know they're coming. So they've got, they've got an hell of a lot of work on. You know, they'll have to so much stuff that they think will be, they'll have time to do. And before you know where you are, it's around the corner, it's right upon you. So, you know, hopefully they've been doing some long-term planning um, over the last two or three months, four or five months, really, that they, they know where they're going to go with it. Well, and, and you said they'll wake up with a whole new reality tomorrow. And I imagine there'll be a heck of a party in Cincinnati. They might wake up with a heck of a hangover as well, too, because I'm sure that is a uh, a city that is full of celebrations tonight. That's Adrian Heath on the line. He is calling in tonight. This is the Adrian Heath Show. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. We appreciate you listening in. And, Adrian, as we kind of dive a little bit deeper into to maybe Cincinnati and, and expansion with MLS, I commentated on a game during one of our bye weeks earlier in this year between Cincinnati and Louisville back on April 7th. For context, what you said about the support, 25,667 people in attendance that, that night. They just played yeah. again on the 26th against Louisville, 26,495,000 people at Nippert Stadium. So this is going to be an incredible atmosphere to go in and play. And one that you mentioned just a moment ago, your team will see FC Cincinnati in the Open Cup. What do you expect from that game? The Open Cup is now starting to... Uh, include MLS play uh, as the MLS teams are now introduced into the fourth round of the tournament. Um, how are you feeling about the Open Cup as as Minnesota United gets set to enter the competition? Well, you know what? I would never ever um, take it lightly. But the, the bottom line is that we, you know, we've got the league table, we've got the league schedule to to look at and decide whether we what we think is most important. We know it's going to be really tough. I know what it's like. I, you know, I was the coach of a USL team that did really well in the Open Cup for like three or four years on the trot. I mean, it took some big scalps along the way. And the, the most important thing from, from my point of view is no matter what team I put out on Wednesday, they will have to be ready because I know they will be ready. And as you say, the crowd's probably going to be, I would think, upwards of 20,000. So it's going to be a... An incredible atmosphere. They had a great cup run last year. I, think, did they, I don't know. Did they go to the final? I think they did against New York Red Bulls. I think they got to the... Did they get to the final or is it the semifinal? Did they get to the semifinal well, and lost the penalties well, to Red Bulls? But yeah, well, it was an incredible, incredible cup run, incredible story, and put them on the map. I think that might have been one of the things that tipped it over the, over the, the line for them with MLS. So... This competition, they've got a lot of good memories for it, but we'll be ready for it. Obviously, we've got a big game for us uh, on Sunday in uh, Kansas, one that we're really looking forward to. Uh, but, you know, we'll take all the players we've got available because, obviously, a few won't be available. And then we'll we'll see where we are, but we'll certainly give it the respect that it deserves. And, and I will say this, one last one before we go to break here. Does it change the fact that MLS will be on a two-week break the game against Sporting Kansas City, away at Sporting Kansas City, league game, very important on Sunday, but then the turnaround to the Open Cup on Wednesday, does the fact that there's two weeks off after the game against Sporting Kansas City and then you put in the Open Cup game shortly thereafter, without there being a game following quickly at the weekend, 
Does that change your mindset on lineup decision? Yeah, it will. It will do. And um, I think that if we had a game on the side here, almost certainly we would have changed most of the team around. Um, but we, it does give them an opportunity now because, as you say, we've got a break after this game. So hopefully we can uh, come through the, the Sunday game pretty much unscathed. Everybody's fit and healthy. And then we'll make the decision what we do with the team for the for the Wednesday night game. But uh, had it been a different situation, like you said, Jamie, then maybe we would have made more changes. So we'll see. We'll see how we are after that game. All right, that'll be an interesting one to follow up with. So when we come back, we're going to talk Champions League happened, U.S. Men's National Team happened, uh, Howard Webb was at the game this weekend. We might talk a little yeah. bit of the video review and talk a little bit about the video assistant referee VAR, as people like to talk about. And also, with Captain Calvo gone to the World Cup, a question about the captaincy. You want to hear what Adrian Heath says? Stick around after the break. It's Manny Hill in the booth. Adrian Heath on the line. I'm Jamie Watson. This is the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken right here on 1500 ESPN. The Adrian Heath Show is back on 1500 ESPN presented by Heineken. Once again, here's Jamie Watson. Welcome back into the Adrian Heath Show. I am your host, Jamie Watson. Joined by head coach of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath, via phone this week. Adrian, I'll let you off the hook as Bradley, Manny Hill, and myself got together this week and we talked about the songs we wanted to have on the bumper list music. We knew one or two things would happen. One, you'd go 0 for 3 like you have the last couple weeks, or you would blame being on the phone, you not being able to hear, bad connection, you know, sprint service not that great, all that blah, blah, blah. You would say all that stuff just to get out of being held accountable for another offer. So we'll let you off the hook this week, but we'll be back at okay. it next week. Uh, and speaking of all next right. week, Adrian, we're going to go to your home away from home, not the 1500 ESPN studios. We are going to the Nomad, and we will be doing next week's show live on location, the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken. We'll be out amongst the people, and I know you really enjoy doing the location shows where we're out and about with the people, don't you? Yeah, I do, because it's obviously it's a great opportunity to have a chat with the people who come and watch us every week. It's always interesting to hear what people say, because people are never shy at letting you know what their opinions are, which I like. And... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's part and parcel of what we are. You know, we're part of the community. I think we pride ourselves on being a really community, community-based community club. So uh, the more you know, outside broadcasts we can do, and interaction with the supporters, the better as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's a good thing I didn't make you a bet last week before Heineken over who was going to win the Champions League because I think you said you you would like an English club to win it because you're an Englishman, because that gives you that superiority complex that you have. Um, but but you thought Real Madrid, the giants that they are, were probably most likely going to win. And sure enough, Real Madrid pulled out the big 3-1 win to win the Champions League over Liverpool, the club that I happen to like. And that has nothing to do with the fact that you play for Everton, Liverpool and Everton, massive rivals. has nothing to do with that. That's neither here nor there. So, Champions League final, Gareth Bale. Is he the yeah. talking point? Is it Karius and the goalkeeping making mistakes? What's the t- what is the big takeaway? What will you remember from the 2018 edition of the Champions League final? Well, I think firstly, what you, I think what people have to understand, and it might be hard for people to understand if they've only just started to get into football soccer, that Real Madrid are the, are the biggest club in the world. Make no mistake. Anybody who tells you that it's Manchester United or it's Barcelona, 
forget it. Real Madrid is the biggest club in the world. So I will never bet against Real Madrid in the big games because growing up playing or living in that city, everybody will tell you they, they are expected to win every time they step on the field. And when you look at the season that they've had where Barcelona basically ran away with the league, you know, they finished fourth or third or fourth. But hey, they, they couldn't afford to lose this one. So as much as I thought that Liverpool had a chance because of their attacking players, I, I would never bet, bet against you know, Real Madrid in the big moments. Obviously, the talking points, incredible goal for Gareth Bale, the first one. Um, but then you would have to say the talking point is the goalkeeper because without his two mistakes, without you know the the mistake for the first one, you know they had they'd been huffing and puffing in Madrid at that stage, but that didn't really look like they were going to really sort of open the game up. But uh, in the end, you would have to say you know Bale did come on and change the game. Now was Mo Salah going off a turning point for Liverpool? Probably you would have to say that because the fact is that. He's had an incredible season. I think he's won every award that you can win in England, whether it be the Players Player of the Year, Sportswriters, Liverpool Player of the Year. So he's had an exceptional year. So him going off certainly didn't help Liverpool because they were just gathering a little bit of momentum, you know, when he went off. So a few little things I think changed it round, but uh, as I said to you, it didn't really surprise me in the end that Real Madrid somehow managed to get over the line. That's Adrian Heath giving his thoughts on the Champions League final. You mentioned Mo Salah going off. Sergio Ramos involved in the tackle that had Mo Salah's arm kind of extended. He falls on it awkwardly. You could tell it's either the shoulders popped out, it's the collarbone. Um, I'll ask you this. Was that intentional? Was that a dirty play by Sergio Ramos? I certainly have my thoughts on it. I want to hear your opinion, your take on it. Well, did, did Sergio Ramos know what he was doing? 100%. You know, he's, he's, he's a master at all that stuff. So, but I have to say, and I say this all along, it's a little bit like the, the Roy Keane scenario and people who play like that. You hate them when they play for somebody else and you love them when they play for your team. You Absolutely. Know, Sergio Ramos's uh, reputation went up this weekend with the Real Madrid supporters and that's all he cares about. He wants to win every single time he puts that shirt on Real Madrid. I think he's. So, so I read somewhere he's won twenty or trophies since he's been at the club. So, That's incredible. You know, he, he, he's not losing any sleep. The fact that people in Egypt and people in Liverpool are not happy with him. Trust me. And did he mean it? Yes, he did because he knows what he's doing. And it's part and parcel. He did it where the referee didn't couldn't see it. And and as I say, it's one of them things that if if you get away with it, well, that's good. You know. But if he doesn't, then he, you know, as he's been as he's done in his career, I think he's been sent off. 13 times in his career playing for Real Madrid so you know sometimes he doesn't get away with it and it can prove costly but this time it didn't yeah you sound like uh, you're describing for any basketball fans Draymond Green for the uh, Golden State Warriors playing in the finals that, uh, that, oh I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I, I didn't mean to do that but knowing yeah. full well exactly what you meant to and look by the way that's my take on it too because if anyone wants to try to say oh he didn't know what he was doing and when he went into it, certainly his mind doesn't go, and you know this in the heat of the moment, you're not thinking, well, I'm going to try to break his collarbone or, or pop his yeah. shoulder out here, but you absolutely know when you're going into a tackle who you're tackling, and if you do just enough to make sure that he isn't quite the same for the rest of the game, that's an advantage to you. Yeah. No, because he's a nice guy and everyone seems to like him. No one, yeah. you know, if, if you have a problem with Mosul, it's kind of like uh, the problem's maybe you, not necessarily him. Um, 
I agree with you 100%. I'm sure, I'm sure if Michael Boxall does it next week, not too many of our supporters will be too worried about it. Well, there you go. See, exactly. If, if that happens, and it's one of those, like you said, in, in Madrid, it's a, no, no, it's a total accident day. And then uh, everywhere yeah. else in the world, or Liverpool and Egypt, he's the he's the scum of the earth. So, yeah. all right, switching gears then from the, the European um, the club final for the Champions League, heading to a men's national team friendly. Obviously, this is this is like that tough time where you don't want to talk about it because the World's, World Cup's starting up and we're not getting fine-tuned for that World Cup. Instead, we're looking ahead for another four more years. Dave Sarakin calls in a group of 22 players with the average age of 22 years old. They take on Bolivia. Two 18-year-olds score a goal uh, in their... In their debuts, Josh Sargent, Tim Way, they score uh, off the back of a Walker Zimmerman goal. Um, Adrian, your take on the new look U.S. men's national team that's four years away from playing in a World Cup, even though the next one starts in two weeks. Well, I said to you a few weeks ago, Jamie, after the uh, Paraguay game, I thought there were some really, really encouraging signs that that this next batch of young players are not only extremely talented, they're incredibly athletic, which is becoming more and more important now in the modern game, certainly at international level. And they have a little bit of belief in it. They have that little bit of arrogance that young kids, they, they're not quite sure what to think, and they just go out and play. And when I think of, you know, you look at Pulisic, who, who's not even been involved, you've got Timothy Weyer, Josh Sargent, Weston McKenney, you know, forgetting the, the guys who are already in the league, like Callum Acosta and, and uh, Adams and Taylor, there's a really bright bunch of young players, and I'm, I think it's really exciting. And I think the one thing that not making the World Cup has done is give them an opportunity to actually, let's see what these guys are like. Now, it might be that in three years' time they, they can completely take off and whatever. So I think the couple of things for me... The next appointment of the national team manager is so important. Somebody who actually believes in young talent and is a really good coach working and nurturing young talent. So so the appointment of the coach, I think, is going to be massive because if they get the right one, I think this this little group might surprise one or two people, and it's quite exciting. I think, in fact, it's it's very exciting. This is the best talented group I've, I've seen since I've been in the States. That's exciting. And then reports out today that Ernie Stewart might be taking over the U.S. men's national team general manager position. Your thoughts yeah. on that? Well, they, need to, well they, need to, they need to make that appointment because he's going to be in charge of finding the next coach. And although Dave's doing a great job, Dave Sarakin, and he's brought all these kids in now, but the new guy needs to get, his, get himself settled so he can come and start to watch his players week in, week out, try and find out which direction he's going to go. So it's, it's it's got to be sorted pretty quickly because, believe you me, you know, once the Gold Cup comes around, is it next year? And before you know how you are, you're in that next cycle again. You're starting again. You know, the hex is around the corner and you're trying to get something. So that it needs to be sorted. So if it's only, let's get it done. But then then he needs to, you know, get a move on, I feel, and, and, and decide who the next coach is going to be and get him in situ as, as soon as possible. Yeah, fair take. I, I, I agree with that. So, all right, we are... Up against our last commercial break of the evening. Adrian, one more segment to go when we come back. Let's talk about Howard Webb being at the game this weekend, who's the head of the Pro Referees uh, organization. Let's talk about with Francisco Calvo being gone off to the World Cup. 
who fills in as the captain for Minnesota United. Let's look ahead to the matchup against Sporting Kansas City for the second time in two weeks. And let's rate Cal's call. What do you say? Yep, let's go. All right, let's do it. Stick around. If any of that interests you, which it should, and it will be because it's always interesting to hear what Adrian Heath has to say about these subjects and about Cal's call, make sure you stick around. Manny Hill's in the booth. Adrian Heath's on the line. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. This is the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Well, here we go. Final segment of this week's Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken. Adrian, lots to talk about in this final segment, so let's uh, dive right into it. Talked about mm-hmm. Howard Webb, the head yeah. of Pro Referees Organization, being in the stadium this past weekend to take on Minnesota United versus Montreal. He was in the building. He got a chance to be there. I want to get your take on what you've thought. Minnesota United has been involved in several scenarios where video reviews come into play. Um, the old saying, the old adage of it kind of balances itself out over the season, the good calls and the bad calls. Uh, where are we at? Are we, in the, are we in the positive or are we in the negative right now with that? Uh, we're in the negative. At the we're in the negative, was, so we got some do yeah. our way? And I was, uh, I, I, let, I would know quite vociferously that I thought we were in the negative. You know, I've, I've known Howard for a long, long time. He actually informed me on the on the Saturday after the game that his very, very first game in the Football League was against Burnley, and I was the manager. And they put him on the opposite side because, as the league said at the time, the two managers involved like to get after the uh, linesman a bit too much. So. <laughs> I stand he, in the middle informed- of you guys, and I sometimes duck between you and the yeah. other manager. <laughs> So he informed me of that the weekend. It made me feel old, but uh, I've got a lot of time for Howard. Um, I know that within the league, people like him because he's very straightforward, he's very honest. And I think one of the things I like about on it uh, about Howard is that if he thinks they've made a mistake, the league he will say so. He doesn't try and cover it up by backtracking and saying, "Oh, we were going to do this, we could have done that." No, he comes out and says, "Hey, we're not. <laughs> we never. We human beings. We make mistakes." It's never going to be 100%. At times, there are going to be errors. And I think, as hard as he said, at times, you have to accept that. But uh, no, I have a lot of time for Howard. It's, um, the ball's working. He thinks fine. Still needs tweaking. Obviously, you're still down to the decision of an individual at the time. So even some of the stuff that I see, you know, I watched a few games over the weekend. And no doubt, you probably saw the ones involving Kansas and, and Columbus. You know, a couple of things in them games could have gone either way. And, you know, these have been reviewed, and they still, you know, you still have a difference of opinion. So it's it's never going to be 100%. Well, I had a take on this weekend's game that I said on air on Fox Sports North when watching the game went right in front of me, just feet in front of me. Raheem Edwards got fouled by Alexi Gomez, and when he was on the ground, kicked up at Alexi yeah. Gomez, yet was yeah. not sent off. And you were made aware that was because there was no connection. That yeah. was. Does that sound about right of what you were maybe led to believe is why there wasn't uh, a red card in the situation? And if that's the case, does that mean um, Michael Boxel yeah. can just start throwing punches? And if he doesn't connect, we're all good. Is that is that your yeah. your interpretation well, of it now, or your thoughts on the on the situation well, with Raheem Edwards? Well, I'll plead the fifth on that. Yeah, please don't scenario. get fined because I can't afford to pay it. Yeah. But give I, us your thoughts up to the edge. That. You've you got me in enough trouble in the past, <laughs> leading me on with, down the garden path. But no, I think you know. I don't know if you saw the the Kansas game. I certainly think um, 
that the incident you're on about with Ray Edwards, sorry, was was a, could have been could have been a red card. Then I see the Kansas game where I know Higuain's foot is high and it's it looks as though he's gone over the top, but I don't think it connects. I thought that could have been a yellow. And then the kid Martinez swings out and hits Setsunovich on the head. Quite simple. The rules are very simple. If you raise your hands and put it in people's heads, it's a red card. So they've even reviewed that and then thought it wasn't a red card. So even with the VAR, there's two or three incidences over this weekend that we've probably all got a little bit of a difference of opinion on, and we're all looking at the same film. All right, well... In, in the sake of uh, not going too deep into it, because like you said, it is one person's opinion versus the next. The system in place, I think, does yield itself to getting the correct call. Um, still some kinks in there, obviously. But I think that overall, I've actually, as a former player and now broadcaster, been very pleased with it. I think the uh, pro has been very open in communication with us in order to try to lead you to believe what's going on, what's being looked at. So... That's another discussion we can dive deeper in at another day as we talk to Adrian Heath in the final couple minutes here of the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken. Well, I can assure you that's not going away, Jamie. This, this subject's not going away. No, it'll always be there. It'll always, certainly, it'll, it'll, there'll always be talking points to it, but at least there is a little bit of human aspect to it, and it's not completely taken out of it, and it's not a, a, a science where it's a, a robot referee calling it every single time. Right. A little bit of human, human emotion, human... Human judgment is good for the game. But uh, one thing that you have to make a judgment call on, uh, this week Francisco Calvo leaves to join Costa Rica ahead of the FIFA World Cup in Russia. That's the captain for Minnesota United. So Sunday when the team plays on Fox Sports 1, nationally televised game, a different player will be leading the club out. I saw reports that you had said it was Michael Boxel, or it could be Michael Boxel, or maybe it was going to be Michael Boxel. Is that the case? Is there something else to the story? What's your thoughts on that? What's your take well, on I it? Asked, I was asked who I thought would be the likely candidate, and that's what I said. I, would, I said that, you know, Boxy would probably be the likely candidate. Now, I'll have a sit down with him and talk to him and see what his feelings are. But certainly, you know, there are different types of captains. There are people who are, you know, very gung-ho, very raw-raw guys. You never show up and screaming and shouting and get people after it before and after the game. There are others who just lead by example, and Boxy's one of them. You know, he's only put a foot wrong since he's been with us. Very, very dependable, very reliable, very, very, with the rest of the group, everybody's got a lot of respect for him. So all them things being equal, if, if, if it's something that he wants to take on, because not everybody wants that extra responsibility. But we'll have a chat with him, but I would think that if, if he uh, accepts the, the responsibility and wants the responsibility, then... Very likelihood that he will become uh, that he'll be the captain. All right, that's exciting. That's a bit of a, a bit of a different look without Francisco Calvo in the lineup. We wish him all the best I, as he heads to Costa or heads to he's in Costa Rica I now like to, as he heads to Russia for the World Cup. Let me just mention one thing. Let me just mention Absolutely. one thing, Jamie. Um, bear in mind that everybody will have watched the game on Saturday, the Champions League final. And then you got Mo Salah who looked like he was in tears because he thought he was going to miss the World Cup. And you got Caraval, the, the right back. He looked, he was in tears. He thought he was going to miss the World Cup. So when you see the, the way that Francisco played, that you know, a few hours later, I thought spoke, you know, glowingly about what he what he what he thinks about everything here. I thought his commitment levels to everything were incredible during the game. And I, you know, what's around the corner for him? It would have been very easy to say, well, yeah, I'm going to play, but I'm not going to get myself involved in too much. But Hey, he was right there. The forefront made some great last-ditch tackles. 
I feel it shows you an awful lot about his, his personality and his character. I, I echo that wholeheartedly because he was 90 minutes away from being on the plane heading to the World Cup, everyone's dreams. And yeah. if he would have shied out of a tackle or two that maybe could have gotten him hurt, it would have been difficult to fully blame him for that. But he never did. And I think there was one tackle in particular in the first half that led to a really good chance for Darwin Quintero, but it was off the back of him going flying into a tackle. Ibsen did as well. Yeah. I think it really sparked yeah. the team and gave gave the team, obviously, their best chance of the half um, to score yeah, in the first half. It was a, it was a great uh, a great performance and a really committed performance, I felt, from him. Well, that's exciting. So... Sporting Kansas City ahead this weekend. Um, quickly, we've got about a minute to do this because we need to make sure that we rate Cal's call. We cannot miss that. Uh, playing Sporting Kansas City for the second time in two weeks. A uh, bit of an unusual yep. one. Quick turnaround. Your thoughts ahead of the matchup? Quick, quick turnaround. Well, nothing will change. They will be fully on the front foot trying to get after us from the first minute. They'll play their 4 3 3. And we will have to try and set up and make sure they make it difficult for them in the middle of the park. Maybe sometimes work on that numerical advantage, but we know it's going to be tough. But we had a chat. We saw him recently. We saw him again this weekend. So let's go there. Let's go and enjoy it, and let's see if we can put up a better performance than we did last time we were there. Well, it'll be Which a big. Be hard, by yeah, the way. yeah. Well, didn't go exactly very well. I wasn't going to bring that up, but hopefully, looking to right some wrongs. A place you've gone in in the past with with different clubs and won. So you know how to win there. The team um, will play off of that experience going into a difficult place to play. That, again, will be seen on Fox Sports 1 this Sunday. But before we let you go, Adrian, it is time for everyone's favorite segment, Rate Cal's Call. So for this week, we are going to go back to this past game against Montreal. The second goal of the game, Miguel Ibarra in the 58th minute, cuts inside, a little bit of magic, finishes it expertly into the top corner. And Adrian, it is time for you to rate Cal's Call. To Alexi Gomez. Takes a deflection. Falls here for Miguel Ibarra! Picture perfect for Miguel Ibarra and Minnesota United. Look at this place. Miguel Ibarra. And just look at this place. It was off the back. 58th minute. We had just scored in the 52nd minute. Made it 2-0. Does wonderfully to wrap his foot around and curl it in. Callum Williams, play-by-play, gave his call. Adrian Heath, you listen to it. It is time for you to rate Cal's call. I'm going with a around seven. Around seven. All right. A little bit better than last week. Last week's, uh-huh. you said things have been on decline for Cal. You thought yeah. this was a bit of an improvement on that. Why so? Well, yeah, I thought a little bit more emotion in it, you know, and he, he got the crowd. He mentioned the crowd because the crowd was terrific, as we've already said. So uh, a little bit better than last week. Still not beating the purple rain and all that stuff yet. So uh, hopefully there's plenty more to come in the next few weeks. Well, purple rain is the uh, is the color Minnesota loves so much. It was the on the back of a win. It is the clubhouse leader. And Adrian Heath, we want to thank you one last time for calling in. I know you're very busy today, so thank you for the hour for the listeners. Thank you so much for calling in. Pleasure as always. Well, thank you, Adrian, and thank you, Manny Hill in the booth. Thank you very much to you listening at home. We appreciate you so much tuning in week in and week out and catching this on the website, 1500ESPN.com to listen at a later date in the podcast section. 
I am your host, Jamie Watson. We appreciate your time tonight. We hope you have a great rest of the week. We will catch you next week right here on the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. You've been listening to The Adrian Heath Show, hosted by Jamie Watson, presented by Heineken. For Minnesota United game and broadcast information, be sure to visit 1500ESPN.com and click on the United tab in the sports wire. The KSTP AM St. Paul, Minneapolis. Home. 94.5 KSTP FM St. Paul HD2. Of Sports Talk. At 1500ESPN.com. This is 1500 ESPN. ESPN Radio Sports Center. John Ryder for the fourth straight season. It's the Warriors against the Cavs in the NBA Finals. Golden State is a heavy favorite. Can they be defeated? ESPN NBA analyst Doris Burke. Do I think Golden State is unbeatable? No, I do not. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.